You're listening to AshCast, the Ash Center for Democratic Governance and Innovation podcast. Hi, welcome everyone. I'm Teresa Cunha, Associate Director of Democracy Programs at the Ash Center for Democratic Governance and Innovation at the Harvard Kennedy School. I'm pleased to welcome Victoria McCullough. She is currently a Technology and Democracy Fellow at the Ash Center and Social Impact and Public Policy Team member at Tumblr. Welcome, Victoria. Glad to be here. Thanks, Teresa. Um, so I know that you started off in politics and you have a long storied career before that working in community organizing. Um, can you talk a little bit more about your former experience and then how did that translate into ending up in technology? Yeah, I got my start after uh, under uh, after I graduated um, from college um, in 2007 and uh, started as a as a community organizer on then Senator Obama's uh, first presidential run and started off working in a small town in Iowa for the Iowa caucuses that year and had really sort of fell in love with organizing, fell in love um and felt, um, I think, really found my sense of purpose around bringing people together uh, on through, you know, in in these small towns and really getting them activated around, um, in this case, a candidate. And during a time when people were really uh, being really introduced, especially this whole new generation of of young people um, who were not only uh, getting excited about a, a candidate, but for the first time, are really using digital tools. I think Howard Dean's campaign started to really explore this and set laid the groundwork, but the Obama campaign really started to leverage um, digital communities, digital organizing, uh, as a means to getting people to connect offline. And I think ever since then, ever since that experience, and then continuing to work in government, and then working in the White House at the Office of Public Engagement, where we sort of continued to to really leverage those digital tools um, from email blasts to social media, uh, to but it was all with the ends of really getting people to connect in person, getting them to connect around the president's policies, provide feedback, and really feel like they were involved in that policy and lawmaking process. And then I, um, after my time in the administration, um, I moved to New York, had always wanted to be really be in New York, um, and for the first time, I think, decided to make a city fit with a uh, with a job. Um, and then the the technology piece of this, and certainly in social media, was not an in, necessarily an intentional act on my part. I think I, um, I actually was, the way that I, I discovered or fell into the job description was I was asked to send the job description to the Obama Alumni Listserv <laughs> in New York. And I very quickly was like, oh, maybe, I can do this. maybe I'll do, maybe I'll put my name in for this. And fell in love with Tumblr. I think Tumblr was this uh, community I was familiar with, this this platform I was familiar with, uh, but didn't know a lot about it. Um, and then as I started to learn more, Tumblr was sort of rooted in this idea of people not coming on to the platform because of their friends or family, but really they were coming um, because of a certain passion. In some cases, that was activism. In some case, in some cases, it was um, we had a lot of examples of young LGBTQ youth across um, the globe who couldn't be out in person or in their schools or with their families, but felt like they could be out on Tumblr because you could be anonymous. Um, and then uh, I watching those communities really evolve and form um, these young people uh, their identities as a result of being on the platform. Uh, really uh, uh, coming on to, to 
to serve as the social impact liaison and really figure out how to be, uh, how Tumblr could really provide opportunities uh, to invest in all of those communities. So from mental health to LGBTQ equality to racial justice, um, felt like sort of it has really become um, using that community organizing background uh, as a um, as a way that to work in, in tech and, and really pushing um, trying to push the boundaries a little bit in that space um, around technology. Great. Um, can you, for those that are our listeners maybe not too familiar with Tumblr, can you talk a little bit more about the demographics? Who are the users? What is this community and this platform? How does it function? Yeah, I think some of the key pieces around Tumblr uh, are a few things. Uh, one, I think Tumblr, when you're interfacing with it, it might look a lot like an Instagram. It's very image heavy. Um, but one of the one of the key things um, that I'll hit on are three uh, sort of three key features that I think have formed the demographics and the, the community there on the platform. But one, people usually come to because of a specific interest, a passion. It could be comics, anime, um, but these really niche sort of communities, um, and they're coming on around those interests. We always say Tumblr is the the place where your interests connect you with your people, and. Uh, you don't have a visible follower count. So I think that for a lot of these young people, um, especially from uh, from really across the board, uh, across many communities, coming on without a visible follower count and feeling the pre- not feeling the pressure of this is like I need so many views or I need so many friends, um, they really that's sort of not the metric for success for them. They're really coming on to sort of express themselves. And then the anonymous factor. I think a lot of places, you know, you have to sort of put your information in there. And I think the anonymous the ability to be an anonymous on Tumblr is really offered up um, a safe space um, for a lot of kids who don't feel comfortable um, in their own um, in their own schools or in their own communities, and they they really found a home. Um, and then the the third thing is the reblock function. I think for when we think today of like the that uh, how con- dialogue around politics or sensitive topics can be constructive, um, the reblock function has been the place where um, people have really been able to actually. Uh, have conversations um, in a re- in a way that allows them to uh, touch on really sensitive things and have a really sort of tight dialogue. So our demographics, as a result, are we have a, a very vibrant LGBTQ community, an incredibly vibrant mental health and self care community, um, and then racial justice. Racial justice has been a topic um, for anything on topics like school to prison pipeline, education inequality implicit bias. Um, a lot of people talk about like Tumblr as being the first place where they learn about those, they mm-hmm. learn the words and the language mm-hmm. um, around some of these really sensitive topics. Uh, we're also 35% non-white, um, which is a, a pretty significant um, percentage of our platform are, are from communities of color, represent immigrant communities. Um, and that it, when we think about all the work that we do around social impact, it is largely geared towards um, civics and voting um, and really empowering people who represent these really diverse and often marginalized communities across the globe. Right on. So I'm going to want to touch on the civic participation bit in a bit. Um, but you finished describing that it's a unique place where a lot of different conversations are happening with a pretty diverse group of people. Um, how is this playing out um, like we're seeing across a lot of platforms of the changing landscape around moderation and the content. Um, how is Tumblr handling it? How are they approaching it differently or the same, perhaps? 
Yeah. So I think my initial in my initial answer is I don't think anyone has it figured out, including Tumblr. I think the last couple of years um, haven't I don't think have come as a surprise to anyone, but essentially users and as more um, as more of this generation comes online and they're so nimble and uh, knowledgeable about how to use social media, I think it has offered up a whole range of new challenges from dealing with hate speech, trying to define and action hate speech um, with our trust and safety teams. Uh, I think terrorist content, terrorism content mm-hmm. is another example. Violence and gore. Um, there are so many issue areas that we're that our trust and safety team, our community support team, is on the front lines every day attempting to uh, action on content that may not be, make our platform safe for our users. And so that, um, and, and I think as politics change, and I, I think we, we feel it, um, in our own country, but it's actually a global phenomenon. Like this, this changing, uh, the tech, this technology, um, and social media platforms or really any content moderation platforms are essentially the front lines of, of global politics and like how people are really, using these platforms to to address their own um, concerns or or either a government um, that is that is actively trying to push out dissidents or or any sort of opposition to a place like America which doesn't necessarily have that but has an incredibly divided country social media is really the first place for a lot of that and I think the biggest challenge is right now for all these platforms, and we've seen this really play out um, when um, Mark Zuckerberg has talked about Holocaust denial, when Jack Dorsey has talked about um, challenges around whether or not t- Twitter is um, unevenly enforcing their their own rules. Uh, those are issues that I think a lot of us don't quite have figured out. We try to stay um, in line with our uh, the intent of all of all of these platforms, which was to give people a place to actually freely express themselves. But I don't think anyone, when they initially, when these platforms came to be sure. about a decade ago, I don't think anyone anticipated that um, we would see things like Charlottesville right. um, and and be at fault, I think, for really allowing or creating an environment and an organizing platform uh, for, for right, white supremacy, as, as another example. There's just um, a lot of new territory, and I don't think we have the answers, but this is, um, I think, the biggest thing that we talk about all the time at Tumblr is that we've got to show as much transparency as we can, and more importantly, we need to be incredibly humble as we talk to our users and our community and really government stakeholders to be honest about, we haven't, we don't have this figured out. We're not going to be perfect every time when we try to enforce these rules. We try to do the best we can to keep our platform safe, but that environment changes every day. The, sure. the actors, the bad actors change every day. Um, and there is no amount of technology, or I would argue no amount of humans that we could hire to really moderate that content. So we need to think about, we need to start thinking about other solutions for that, those problems. Right on. Um, so you had brought up the civic engagement part. Um, so at the Ash Center particularly, we've been vo- uh, looking a lot around voting, um, non-voters. Um, it's hard to talk about non-voters and not mention youth that most likely are using your platform, which makes Tumblr pretty important platform of which that can um, increase turnout. Can you talk a little bit more about your work around civic engagement and what you're seeing up as we were 20 some days out from the midterms. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I want to say that I just, as we walked in here, 
uh, we've, um, as you probably saw last week, Taylor Swift sort of came on to the, into, came out sort of out of nowhere talking about voting and really targeting this key demographic that we're talking about. These first time voters up to the early 20 somethings who are maybe in college or just out of college. Uh, and uh, I was just looking at, she is a huge, huge Tumblr presence and has just been actively involved, was basically after her Instagram post going after she posted that last week was on Tumblr, just liking everyone. Cause of course the social justice community on the right. platform just lost their minds. Um, their Taylor fandom and their activism fandom were kind of colliding. And then I just saw where she posted to her Tumblr, another post on pushing specifically Tennessee voters, my home state. Um, I'm proud to say is for the first time in a long time, a battleground state, um, but really pushing them to act. And I think we're in this sort of moment where I've often uh, sort of hesitated about the ability for celebrities to really reach young people. But the reality is these platforms, and especially someone like Taylor Swift, who I think you have a lot of young people who probably represent that generation, um, or many of them represent generation who maybe had heard, like, think about voting, but don't feel confident enough um, to actually walk into a ballot box. Um, and I think for... Um, you know, for many, a feeling like in, in the case of communities of color, don't feel, why would I vote if I, I don't feel like my elected officials aren't a reflection of, of my community and the issues that I care about. Um, but I think what we're, we're seeing, um, and I use Taylor Swift as an example, um, uh, really representing a, a certain age group and targeting a certain demographic that, that represents that, that, that age and that, that group that doesn't necessarily feel like they care. Um, I think she reached a lot of people. I mean, I think we'll, we'll see in November. Um, but for us at Tumblr, um, she, there's a huge, huge activism community, um, on the platform. Uh, I think that is something that has evolved over the last, you know, several years. It wasn't something I think we anticipated or founder anticipated, but our users are heavily, um, when we have talked to, uh, and done focus groups and, um, really talk to a lot of our users. They often talk about how they discovered activism as a result of liaising with, like, I, you know, f making their first transgender friend who explained to them, like, why we need to vote um, for elected officials who support pushing back on LGBT discrimination. Like, they, they find that sort of empathetic bond or that first introduction to a story, and then that action often turns into offline action. And for us... Tumblr feels like a first place for them to discover that. But I think part of our role as a tech company is to invest in uh, delivering events and convenings that allow our users to also activate themselves offline. That online is just a first step. It's just a first step at finding that person that gives you the confidence to show up and knock doors, to show up and actually vote. Um, that is where I think we see our role really evolving, uh, that it can't stop with this sort of idea around slacktivism. And for us this year, the two places um, that we are, we're focused, uh, we're, really, we're partnering with a group called Vote Together, mm -hmm. um, run by Civic Nation, and their whole concept is turning voting uh, into a celebration, moving it um, for young people. Um, it feels like such a serious solitary right. thing and it can feel so intimidating mm -hmm. and I think uh, with vote together we felt like they were really reaching our user base our community and so this year we're uh, partnering with um, vote together and um, as a result of that partnering in Baltimore with a group fantastic regional group called black girls vote 
um, who is really working, uh, we're going to be working really closely, uh, actually next Thursday, a week from today, around early voting um, mm -hmm. in Maryland, uh, where we'll be turning out um, and working with Morgan State University students uh, to actually march to the polls and then have a, a cafe takeover um, on campus, uh, where we'll then uh, be pushing them to either do absentee ballots and encouraging that, um, or actually getting them to vote and, and early vote. And then second uh, event will be on that following Saturday uh, in Tennessee um, in Nashville where we're working with a group uh, called Equity Alliance. Um, and we'll be doing kind of a Halloween-themed, family-friendly block party. Uh, and those are those. that's the, the future, I think. It's like the digital is the first step at really activating people, getting them to understand the issues that are on the ballot. And But then you got to get them to, like, come together. And I think this idea of turning voting into uh, something that's social and, and, again, a celebratory act and a, can really change the identity um, for, uh, really form that identity for young voters, especially who are voting for the first time. Well, that sounds great. And I know us here at the Ash Center, um, we see that culture shift that's hopefully going to um, happen, start at least in these midterms. Um, we, you know, we look really optimistically of what it can deliver. So I want to thank you, Victoria, for joining us. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This is great. You've been listening to AshCast, the Ash Center for Democratic Governance and Innovations podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit ash.harvard.edu or follow the Ash Center on social media at Harvard Ash.